Hi everybody and welcome to From the Spot and we are the first podcast to say uh we don't give a fuck about our submarine and the billionaires inside it. That is motherfucking right, Eddie. Fuck, fuck them. If they can spend enough money to decide, I want a personal tour of a sunk ship. They can clearly go fuck themselves. But look, uh, not much, Eddie. <laughs> look, if if you want to waste two hundred fifty thousand dollars, give that shit to me and David. Right, we'll show you how to truly waste two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And plenty that. of other people around the world can waste two hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> You don't Please have to help go, me out. bro. You know what? Legit pisses me off, and, and we'll get off this and jump into the football. But do, do you know what controls it? Uh, no, Eddie. What, what controls it? Enlighten well, me. Did, did you ever have a, a, a GameCube? Yeah. Okay. It looks like a mix between the GameCube controller and an Xbox controller. I okay, swear to well, God. Before we move on to the football, Eddie, because um, you know, th- this is true and important to me. If you are going to fuck around with life uh, with a real life video game looking thing, then fuck you. You deserve to lose that life. Game over, homie. What? I'm, I'm, I'm going to send you like proof that, that, I'm not, <laughs> that I'm not bullshitting. Let me just send it on you because like... <laughs> <clears throat> we obviously can't for like copyright reasons, but I'm gonna send you something real quick. But David, tell the people what what we have on the rundown for them today. So as Eddie tries to figure that out, so today, guys, you know it's end of the season episode. Um, usually we have a lot of fun with these, so we are gonna continue to have fun with these. We're gonna talk a little bit about the trouble winners, which everybody already knows. Our team of the season, our best players, our shit player. Uh, we get to talk shit about two North American teams, uh, which I usually enjoy. And we will visit Eddie's favorite owner and Todd Bowley. Uh, definitely more on that at the end because Eddie will definitely praise the fuck out of him. But um, Eddie, any luck with what you want to share? Um, <laughs> yeah, I sent it to you. Take a quick, take a quick look at, at your phone, and then uh, we'll go ahead and get started. <laughs> That's legit. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is worse than that. Okay, so I'm just saying that if somebody told me this is what's going to control, what's going to dive you so deep underwater that you'll have X amount of time to make it back, I will surely tell you to go fuck yourself. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, Eddie, speaking of telling somebody to go fuck themselves, Let's talk about the trouble winners this season, Eddie, as the Champions League has officially wrapped up. Manchester City have won the Champions League and effectively winning the trouble this season with, thanks to a Rodri uh, long-range effort that went around two defenders, if I'm remembering correctly, to finally beat Onana um, and Inzid. Eddie, what are your thoughts on this Champions League final? Um, It was better than I expected in the sense of 
I really went into the game thinking it was going to be 3-4-5-0. And Inter, oh, it was competitive. Inter did a really good job. And let's, let's be honest, David. Inter should have got one back. They they yeah. really they really should have. My only complaint is that when when Rodri runs onto that ball, no one closes out. If anyone closes out, maybe that shot goes wide. You know, because they probably block it. Maybe, yeah. I I, I have to agree, Eddie. Uh, especially when they showed the replay immediately after, he was giving way too much space. Uh, that's for sure, a hundred percent. I think though, Rodri deserves a little bit more credit than what we're currently giving him because he did take it first shot, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think part of the uh, the the issue with not closing him down, the lack of effort of closing him down, is because the Inter players are expecting him to control the ball first. They thought he would take that extra touch. Yeah, but um. Again, a little bit of more credit towards Rodri versus Alaxra defending by attempting to take a first shot, which really wasn't like a possible lose-win situation because you if Rodri blasts that ball, Eddie, and it just goes way off, right? Would you be upset at Rodri? No, because like he he's one of those players that can take a take a good shot. You know what I mean? So sometimes when you, like, can't get into the box and play, like, that pep style, like, pass, 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 okay, shoot. Sometimes you you need to take risks and, you know, uh, t- take, a, take a long shot. And, you know, it went in. David, can I complain about one thing that Inter Definitely. did? I, can't, I believe it was in the first half, but there was one possession or like piece of play where like Dumfries has the ball, he's coming down the wing and then he like, he gets to a position where he can cross and then he just passes it back and it's like bro, like either, like send that bitch in there or like wait for someone to like come close but like what's the point of going like all the way down and then sending it to your left back It it doesn't make any sense I agree. I think um, that was the difference on the night. Uh, Manchester City were just a little bit more daring, a little bit more confident. And I think the winning goal says it all. And your example of Inter in this situation um, compounds and confirms it for me. Mm-hmm. Inter, as, as competitive as they were, as quick as Dumfries made his way down the wing, they were hesitant, not really clinical, hence that back pass. Whereas City, again, you know, it was a bit of a back-and-forth game, ran right at Inter, but they were a little bit more daring, hence Rodri's first um, first strike uh, at that point of the game. Uh, then, again, they, there wasn't much separating the two besides being a little bit more daring. And then, to, to be honest, I loved the fact that as soon as City scored, Inter were right back down there trying to, trying to get a goal. You, you know what I mean? It wasn't like one of those like oh like okay like don't don't let them score anymore don't don't let them embarrass us. It was like a all right boys we're down we gotta go for it now like there's like this is the final and then I I just feel so bad for Lukaku after all those misses at the World Cup 
to be standing in in the way of what would have been the equalizer. Mm-hmm. Um, and to make things worse, ever since then, I haven't seen him with Megan Thee Stallion. So, like, I, I think he he took more than one L that night. <laughs> definitely um, from the back there, bro. So definitely, yeah. but yeah, that, he's yeah definitely an interesting figure. Lukaku, uh, Inter deserved a, a an equalizing goal at the very least, even if they didn't win it at the end. But That's- Eddie. What do you think will be City's legacy moving forward now that they're the winners of the most coveted trophy in Europe? Um, let's be honest. Um, we all kind of knew this was coming. Uh, we like ever since the Aweda moment, like you could just tell that this club was destined to win the Champions League. It was just all of us hating on them not to, but. But let's be real, like, every every Champions League is different. Like, your trouble run was more competitive in 98-99. Uh, there was uh, the Barca team that won it all. Um, so, and some of those players were homegrown, and it's like, well, everyone who's done it before you didn't need the investment of an entire nation to, to win it. And uh, I do feel bad saying that, David, because there are so many players on this team that I like. I love Kevin De Bruyne. I love uh, Bernardo Silva. Um, Jack Grealish is fun. Like I want to party with Jack, although I think I would die because I'm because I'm, I'm in my 30s now. I don't I don't think I can hang. But there are just so many players on Man City. That I like, but that I have to hate because of, of because of what they represent. So, not every Champions League winner is the same. Like, like let's be honest, David. Like, put your Manchester United fandom to to, to one side, right? Mm-hmm. If we could go back in time a couple weeks, and and I could tell you, David, would you rather go to Istanbul? It's a wide city Inter, but City win. Or would you rather go to Italy and watch uh, Claudio Ranieri win Serie A? Mm, no, I'd want to go to the Champions League final. That's for sure. Uh, see, I, uh, I'd i be like, fucking take me to Serie A. Because, like, what do you tell me City are going to win? I'm like, oh, that's fucking lame. Uh, I mean, I, I know what you mean, Eddie, but here's here's one thing that I'll want to just put out there. Without Pep Guardiola, City would have never won the Champions League. No. So, although they are spending, you know, whole country's GDPs on players. Um, <laughs> and if you don't know what that means, you should really read a book. But um, we're not going to take the time to explain that to you. I'd rather go on the rant instead. But... um. <laughs> And besides that, you know, no, nobody's been able to make them click besides Pep. Um, I think that, you know, Pep finally got the winning formula on the field and it showed. But I don't think that people will care that much about this year's or this season's Champions League um, other than City fans themselves. Uh, true, be, uh, and here's why, David, like these past couple years, right? 
Let's just take from 2019 to 2022. There was so much drama. Like 2019, like the Liverpool comeback, Tottenham beating City. 2020 was the COVID season, but PSG got there and Bayern stopped them. Uh, 2021, um, that was Chelsea, right? 2021? Mm, 2021, I'm going to have to confirm this. For some reason, I have that one blocked out. And yeah, that was Chelsea. Um, That was uh, a boring final, but like... Everything building up to it was pretty good. Last year, like, no one could stop Real Madrid. And then it's like, as soon as City got Holland, well, you were like, if they could get past Madrid, they're winning the Champions League. Like, they took the drama out of it, you know? Yeah, that's fair. It does take the fun out of it, Eddie. Uh, one more thing before we move on. Um, having seen the how quickly... City found success in the Champions League. How mad are you if you're uh, PSG and their owners? Um, very. Um, especially now with Messi gone, Neymar reportedly leaving, and you being forced to sell Mbappe. It's like you had a big three. You had a Verratti, Di Maria. Like you had players at some point. And it just it never worked out for you, and like you you got to a final and then didn't play well versus Bayern uh, Munich. So you have to be very upset if you're Paris's owners, I I believe. Alrighty, and I I agree uh, a lot of shedding of the bed there. So Eddie, let's talk about who we believe is the team of the season, and I don't mean our best eleven based on players' individual performances. Um, Eddie, we talked a bit about it in pre-recording. Um, what team, Eddie, do you think deserve a little bit more credit than what they're either currently got or have been getting for their performance this past season? Um. Okay. So I'm not gonna say City, even though uh they were great and everybody recognizes that as much as we may or may not like it. Um I'm gonna go ahead and say Brighton because how do you lose your manager and then lose uh one of your starting fullbacks and then still finish in European places because uh that's insane and then your scouts just go out and keep finding you ballers, but then no one pays attention to you because you're on the South Coast or whatever. And then, like, every game, like, win or lose, your players just ball. Like, they just ball out. Yeah. And they recently sold McAllister to Liverpool, but nobody is discounting Brighton for the upcoming season, so good shout. Um, Eddie, I'm going to go with something a little different i actually went with inter okay um they they did finish third in Serie A, but um you know in case you didn't realize Serie A was a wash this past season uh napoli won with 90 points uh lazio was in second with 74 um inter were only two points behind lazio uh and they made the champions league final 
all while being in a very disastrous place, um, needing funds. You know, it's no secret that both Lukaku and Inter want to maintain their relationship, but Inter just simply can't afford to keep Lukaku. Um, that's both fees-wise and wages-wise. So they're not exactly having the greatest time, but um, being able to make a Champions League final, make a good impression, you know, not being ran over um, and just running on fumes, I think that deserves a little bit more kudos than what we have been giving them. And also, I'd like to point out, um, they did have a great Champions League run, but they also won Copa Italia, so they actually got their trophy out of the season. And uh, you wonder if Lautaro was in form or if Lukaku was in form, what could have been? Uh, could have been something special. So, great. Oh, uh, real quick, David, before we leave Inter as a topic, I'll tell you why they lost the Champions League final. Because they didn't follow your plan? No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Although the, the, the Megan Stallion in front of goal plan would have worked, I still maintain. Because they got rid of their sponsor and their jersey just looked so clean, so beautiful, so everything. And then for the final, and look, look I love the Paramount Plus crew. I watch all the YouTube clips. I, I want to marry Kate Abdo, even though I think she's already married. Like, her, Kathy and Reed, Jamie Carragher, and Micah Richards have great chemistry. But how could you put a Paramount logo on such a beautiful kid? It just, it looks wrong. Yeah, I guess they, they pretty much signed their, their own death certificate with that. But, uh... I mean, if anything, starting off next season... How iconic would it have been for a, a shirt with no sponsor, a crest as beautiful as Inter's, a team with so much history, to lift the Champions League trophy with no sponsor? But no, that's why they lost. They added a sponsor. That would have been, honestly, that would have been amazing. The way you just described that, Eddie, I pictured it and it is beautiful. I think I would have cried even though I'm not an Inter fan. But, exactly. Um, Eddie, on to the, the next little topic here. Who was your player of the season? Oh, okay. My player of the season? Um, okay, I'm, I'm not going to say Messi because 16-16 is impressive, but it is just France. Um, I'm going to leave the World Cup alone. I'm not going to try to... Okay, um, I'm going to say because of how unexpected the title challenge was, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and say Odegaard. Okay, I didn't expect that. Um, but, Eddie, I'm also not going to tell you, like, shit decision. Um, I think for how young he is, captaining Arsenal, for the strong run that they made, um, very nearly taking them to a title, Eddie. That's definitely a good shout. Definitely deserves to be in the mix. Eddie, how about I give you a name that I bet is even more unexpected? Go ahead. I'm actually going to go. I am actually going to go with the 
tucked in musketeer himself, Rodri. Oh, bastard. You had to remind me he plays with the shirt something. Uh, I just had to, Eddie. Come on. He's proper. He's a gentleman. He tucks his shirt in. Um, Eddie, <laughs> but our Rodri here uh, with the best fashion sense, he basically keeps the engine of Manchester City running, uh, covers all the spaces in midfield, helps unlock on deep defenses. And I feel his performance in the Champions League final was the exclamation point to make him my player of the season. Um, too often, the defensive midfield role is kind of overlooked when we look at the best players of the season. Like even for Manchester United, I think it should be Casemiro because we would not have had the season without him. Uh, and it proved no from game one, it was proven. So uh, Rodri will be my, my best player, Eddie. Um, what, what do you that, think? That's fair. And look, I actually really like the, the tucked in look. But for it to work, for me, you can't be the only one with your shirt tucked in. You look like a twat. I think he's a victim of his generation, Eddie. Um, he's Fair. just an old soul. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eddie. Before we start ripping into Rodri over something that's totally not football-related, um, why don't we just jump into the next one? Uh, who was your best young player, Eddie? And to be specific with this category, ladies and gentlemen, I did ask Eddie to pick somebody um, that would qualify for the sub-21, under-21 division. Um, Eddie, who was your pick? Okay, let me just confirm his stats so I can... So I can throw them at you, but you're going to hate me for it. Uh, don't tell me it's going to be uh, Mason Greenwood. No. <laughs> no. No, no, Okay, he does qualify age, right? You, you said under 21, right? Meaning they could be 21? Yep. Okay. Right. So let me just... Uh, Hit you with some stats. God damn, he's young. Um, okay, uh, thirty-seven appearances, uh, twenty-one goals. Uh, the U.S.'s new striker for him, Balogun. Okay, I see that. Um, remind me, where does he play again? Um, he played this. Um, he played this season in. France, but um, uh, he was on loan from Arsenal. So, do Arsenal even really need to go get a striker when they they very obviously have one? Uh, Eddie, that there's so much to digest there, Eddie. So, before we digest this, let me let, let me give you my youngster because I don't want to get too far off topic. I went with Jude Bellingham, Eddie. Um, you know, cementing his place as a 19 year old with England at the World Cup and captaining Dortmund and very nearly leading them to a Bundesliga title. He I, was injured there towards the end. I, I still maintain if he plays, they win. I Honestly, I agree, Eddie. I think if he would have been available for just one, maybe two more games, they would have been the, the title winners. And uh, He's earned his move to Real Madrid. He didn't get – I don't think – so, excuse me, his move to Real is based on hype, like a lot of players are. No. Where they're no, like, no, oh, no. it's his potential, it's potential, it's potential. Like, Jude not only has the 
card for potential, but he's also the now. And very rarely do you ever get that. He's only 19. And, and look, a lot of English players don't go abroad, even though more English players are going abroad now. I applaud them. Uh, I feel that every English player that has gone abroad recently couldn't handle Real Madrid. While Jude Bellingham looks built for it, like it, like if someone was a quote unquote nunca lactico, it's it's him. Absolutely, it's him. Eddie. When I grow up, I want to be Jude Bellingham. Exactly. He's, he's amazing, Eddie. Um, I think you and I can both agree that we do not believe in like idolizing like a lot of these players, uh, just based on like what you never know what's gonna come out. You know, you don't you don't want to keep your heroes that close, right? But Bellingham, he's definitely a good example for the kids. Um, deserves a lot of the credit going his way. But Eddie, <laughs> let's revisit something. Don't okay. think I forgot. Arsenal not pursuing a striker. Then why are they pursuing Kai Havertz? Like he's the fucking striker that they need. He's not a. <laughs> they play him at striker. He's very clearly not one. Look and. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna shit on Kai Havertz about oh he doesn't score he doesn't score because he's a someone playing up top that shouldn't be okay he's very obviously more of a creative type player who can occasionally score I okay thank you for bringing this up <laughs> I can how tell much, it's really bothering you I like this <laughs> how much does Chelsea want for Kai Havertz I think they said eighty million. Okay, in in what world in in what world is Kai Havertz worth that much money? And no disrespect to him, like he could do a job at Arsenal in the right position. Uh, and also, uh, let me just bring this up because I saw this this morning. West Ham, I know they want one hundred twenty million. They're not gonna get it, but they just rejected ninety eight million from Arsenal. For Declan Rice, like, like um, I know you won over a hundred million, but ninety eight's pretty fucking good, dude. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know what West Ham think they're doing, but that's their prerogative. And if they want to piss off Declan, then they get to piss off Declan. That's up to them. Okay, uh, David. David, b- before we move off it, what if I told you, David, I'm Getting you a team, like, you get any of the players you want, but the one condition is, is you have to play Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz the one guy already in your squad. You have to give him at least 18 games. Where where, where would you play him? You're, you're the gaffer. You're the manager. Where would David play Kai Havertz? Assuming you could get anybody else you wanted. I would play him right behind the striker in the supporting role. Fucking thank you. <laughs> Eddie, it's not that simple. You um, you clearly aren't Todd Bowley and his genius. But Eddie, more to that later. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's go one more one more of these uh, end of season awards and then we'll we'll get off the end of season award, Eddie. Who was okay. your biggest flop? My flop? <laughs> As a um, as a player or a team, it's up to you. Okay, interpret I'll, it I'll, as you wish. 
I'm, I'll give you both. And I know the obvious answer here is Chelsea because we all want to pile on and, and, and make fun. But the the Barcelonista in me cannot resist. I I, I must give uh, Team of the Season flop to Real Madrid. Uh, entering the season, they were the current La Liga holders. They were the current Champions League champions. And then we won the league by 15 points. And then they, it was just, it was sad to see them against Manchester City in that semifinal. Like, you kind of wanted it, like, very early on in the second leg to be over. Um, so, I'll go ahead and say Real Madrid. Um, the flop of the season player-wise, um, hmm. I'll say Marco Correa at Chelsea just because he never got going. And you really do feel he's a better footballer than that, but it's he just never found a place at Chelsea. Not totally his fault, but eh. fair, fair enough. Eddie, I'm gonna pick somebody a little bit more obvious for my biggest flop. Uh, I'm gonna go with Big Rom Lukaku. Um, he just had a rough season. I mean, he he's maintained his place at Inter, but you know couldn't get it going for Belgium. You know, struggled throughout the season, and when he found a patch of, you know, starting to really find some form somewhere, he just, you know, shut the bed um, at the biggest stage of them all, at the Champions League final, at least mm-hmm. for club level. Eddie, and, you know, you, you talked a little bit about, you know, he was on the way, in the way of the header that could have drawn the game. Um. Some people will say that's unfortunate, but I feel Eddie as a striker, he should be able to read situations and position himself better. Do you think I'm overly critical? Or do you think that um, he could have done more to get out of the way? So I'm not going to say you're overly critical because when have we really ever seen that happen? On, on that big of a stage, like, with the world watching, right? Right. But then, also, like, he was just doing his job. Like, a striker's supposed to be in and around there. And it's just like, oof, like, why him? Like, is my thing, like, it could have been anybody else. But it just it happened to be a big, big rom. So... I don't think you're overly critical because that almost never happens. Like it happens in like Sunday League. Like that's some Sunday, <laughs> that's definitely some Sunday League bullshit. You know, like just getting in each other's way. And <laughs> but uh, not not there. Not in the Champions League final. But I mean, he's he's supposed to be in, in and around the box, and it's just it's unfortunate. So I'm not saying you're overly critical. But, like, I just feel bad that it's him. All right, fair. Eddie, now we're, we're going to move on here to pretty much the second half um, where really is a firing squad. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. Um, Eddie, let's start in uh, North America here, Eddie, okay. with national team news as the United States uh, has decided that Triple G is their guy, 
Eddie, giving him a brand new contract, extending him. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that the Reinas must be ecstatic about this. Um, as the the resident USMNT fan, Eddie, how do you feel about Triple G extending? Fuck you for that. I I resent that last comment fully. I just cover them because it's where I live. I I just I don't I don't understand it, David. You interviewed Patrick Vieira, and yes, I understand. In my season previews two seasons ago, I said they'd probably be relegated. He left them, I think, eleventh that season, and then this season I feel he was fired too early. But and then he even coached in MLS. He knows the USSF bullshit that he would have to deal with. And you go to the guy that embarrassed your nation. And that's your boy. Okay, look. Do I like that Bear Halter wears Jordans on the sideline? Absolutely. But <laughs> does the US play well under him? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And then this whole thing that uh, our boy West, um, as in Weston McKinney, um, Tyler Adams, Christian Pulisic, all came out in his defense. I'm like, okay, but like he already burned Gio, even though Gio was acting cunty. You know? <laughs> like, he, you know? Um how long before he turns on you? Eddie, I think this specific situation tells us why he shouldn't be manager. Um, the fact that the other star players and star players that Gio may or may not have had issues with quickly come out to defend you. And the way he handled the Gio situation, that's not how you handle it, to handle the talent. You know, no team in the world would look at that and say, dude, you got this 100% right. We're going to back you. Here's a contract extension. Eddie, if I'm the head of this team, whether it be the national team, whether it be at a club team, I'm looking at him and I'm like, all right, when does the contract expire and who are my options to replace him? Because that, that was just terribly handled. Um, Long term, I think he's destined to fail, Eddie. Um, I'm really hoping that hosting the World Cup doesn't put us on the world stage for embarrassment. And I do say yes, Eddie, because like you mentioned, it's our home country. We're here to you know cover them and to a certain extent want to see them succeed. David, thank you so much for mentioning 2026. I want to get this on wax here now in 2023. That way, in three years' time, when we're getting ready for the World Cup, you can remind me that I said this. So, officially on wax. And David will halfway agree with me because of Guatemala, but I also say this as a fan of El Salvador. If we cannot make 2026 with Canada, the U.S., and Mexico not taking part of the qualifiers, we'll never make it. We'll nah. never make it. I think uh, this is the chance for the United States to show growth and any sign of you know stagnation will be a complete failure. Um, and, I, and I don't mean that just to be a dick. I, I mean that as somebody who would hope that by that time we somewhat 
figure out what the USMNT will be and they cook it up a notch, cook it up to the next level. But uh, David, Eddie, go ahead. Do, real quick, let me ask you, uh, do you think that uh, he will uh, he'll make it to 2026? Do you think there's a coaching change coming for the USMNT? I think if uh, the FA decide to get serious, there will be. Um, if they want to keep fucking around and doing, you know, doing their friends favors and promoting from within because, you know, that's a buddy's buddy. Um, it's still going to be a ton of ass grabbing and, you know, it's, it's going to continue to be a country club sport here, Eddie. It's not going to be what it needs to be. Well, okay, look, so he's apparently not taking charge of this gold cup squad that the gold cup starts Thursday. Um, not that it matters. It's it's the B squad gold cup. It's not it's not the A squad. So right. like his big test will be Copa America. Um, which by the way today it came out. Um, June twentieth to July nineteenth will be Copa America. So David, let's start looking for tickets because f- fuck yeah. Um, but so he's really only gonna get. A Copa America to like prove himself. If 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 the U.S. get embarrassed at Copa America next summer, does he stay? I think again, if the if the FA is serious, he doesn't stay. But if they want to continue it being kind of their country club, social club thing, and continue grab ass, then. You know, he says, and, and I think it's that simple, and the fans of the USMNT need to start doing something. Because as much as they think they've been, there's been growth on the global scale, we're still way behind. Uh, and it just needs to be acknowledged. And, and look, and this will serve as a segue, David. So I'm setting you up here. Um, as much as I enjoy seeing Mexico lose 3-0, when it's this poor quality Mexico, does it really mean something? No, Eddie, and definitely a great segue here because, Eddie, this Mexico team, like you mentioned, it's definitely lacking. There's no real stars. Um, the stars that they depend on, like the Chucky Lozano, you know, is just struggling you know, for the national team. Eddie, they hired, um, you know, Coca uh, to take over Mexico and, you know, take them to the next level. And they only give them four months and they sack them. I don't. Okay. And so, Granny David, we're not Mexico fans, right? So, I've I've reached out to some friends that are, like, huge major fans of (laughs) Nova and Tree. And I'm like, okay, so what's, like, why only four months? It seems like he only got four games, right? Like, he only got uh, a handful of games here. I think it was seven because he won three, lost three, and drew one. Okay. But that's that's still not a a, a fuck ton. Yeah. You know? And, um... A lot of people are telling me, well, he never should have been coached to begin with. Uh, the country club boys on, on top of uh, FMF 
gave him the job because they felt they could control him. But, I mean, this is from the outside looking in. If you feel like you can control him or, like, he'll just keep the status quo of doing whatever you want, why not keep him? Because, obviously, um, the next guy isn't gonna gonna be able to do better. Like, Alexis Vega was missing, I believe, from from Saturday's game. I had heard Memo had retired, but he was there. Um, and just uh, a lot of these guys didn't perform well against the United States. Yeah, I think uh, th- this is more of a reflection of a bad FA. Um, just kind of like USA and their shit leadership, you know, Mexico shit leadership is underproducing talent. We know Mexico can produce talent. I mean, you, you've seen it with Rafa Marquez. I've seen that with Chicharito. You know, they they can succeed in Europe. Uh, I'm sure there's uh, fans of La Liga that will bring up um, Guardado. You know, the ta- they can develop talent, but these current managers haven't had the talent to work with. When they have the talent, they bring in their you know country club fuck buddies that hinder them. Um, and now at this current time because they don't have the talent to lean on and, you know, help back them. The FA is just doing whatever they can to make the fans think they're doing something. Because um, let's look at who they hired. Eddie, um, Jaime, Los- Jaime Lozano has been hired. Eddie, do you know anything about Jaime Lozano? Jaime Lozano, if I remember correctly, when when Watte was making that run towards Germany 2006, he was part of the Mexico squad during that era. That's that's all I really know, I, I believe. Good shout, Eddie. He was part of that national team um, setup. You know, he's only 44, still young. Um, but, Eddie, he's hired basically for his work with his Mexico under-23s, which he found relative success with, you know, a couple bronze mm-hmm. medal wins mm-hmm. in the Olympics, you know, good strong showing at the Tololón tournament. But... That's about his only success. He was fired from Queretao after eight months back in 2017 mm. um, because they were dead last in the league. Yeah. And the last time he managed a club was Necaxa, um, which he only lasted 29 games before he was sacked. Yeah, so... I, I, I don't watch a lot of uh, Liga MX. I just don't Necaxa haven't been great in a long time. No, fair enough. But this this is what they hired, Eddie. And again, not looking to succeed. It's just a surefire, you know, hire. And who can we say goodbye to next? You know, yeah, it's, and, it's crazy. And, and then again, Mexico, like you said, it it's another country club thing, just like as the U.S. But Mexico also faces the same issue because you don't have many competitive games between now and 2026, not counting um, next year's Copa America, but it's like, how how can you improve if you're just all over the place playing friendlies that don't really matter, you know? Right. They're just a, it, at this point, they're just a giant marketing scheme. Um, Eddie, speaking of marketing schemes, it's about that time. It's about to- that time we talk about Todd Bowley, Eddie, and the shady Saudi connections um, oh from investments straight into Chelsea all the way through to weird 
considered selling off of players to the Middle East? Eddie, where do you want to start? Um, actually, David, thank you for mentioning that last part. Players to the Middle East, can we start there? Because there Let's are certain there. players that I'm happy for them to go get their bag. There are certain players that I'm like, <clears throat> I feel like you left too young, and I want you to break, like, give me some names, and I'll tell you if it was the right move for them or if they if they left too soon. How about that? Well, I'll give you Chelsea exclusive names. We'll start off with a confirmed one and then all the ones that have been recently leaked. So okay. the confirmed one, Eddie and Golo Kante. He's such a great player and such a great person. I'm both happy that he got his bag, but I also feel like he left too soon. Like, I'm sad I'm not going to get to watch him every weekend because he's still class. There. Um, now off to the linked list, Eddie Obama Young. <laughs> Go get your bag, son. <laughs> Coley Bali. So not the same player he was at Napoli, but don't you feel like he still has something to give? I do. I think he should stay in Europe personally if he does leave Chelsea, but eh, it could be a hefty bag for him, Eddie. Mm -hmm. um, what about your boy Romelu Lukaku? Uh, he had supposedly told the Saudis, I still have something left to give in Europe. And Rom, I applaud the, um, your dreams, but go get the bag, son. Uh, have fun warming the bench at Newcastle, Lukaku. Um, let's go with Edward Mendy. Uh, just, you... He's such a good keeper. Like, like I want to be happy that he got his bag, but also, like, he has so much left to give as far as quality goes. All right, fair enough. And Ziyech? Oh, this, this is an interesting one. Because I feel like he, because he's only, like, 27, right? I think he's 30 now. Oh my god, has it been that long? For Hakeem? Yeah, he's 30. I mean, like, if he left three years from now, I'd be like, go get the bag. But, like, he's still a player. But let me tell you something. Like, he he could be the, like, the best quality player in that league if, if he does go. He can definitely be Eddie. And the last name recently linked is Caleb Hudson-Odoi. Actually, wasn't he already? <laughs> I was playing FIFA um, a couple of days ago, and I saw him on a team that wasn't Chelsea. So uh, I... he was on loan. To... He went to Bayer Leverkusen. That's right. I, I mean, Callum Hudson Odoi shouldn't be in Saudi Arabia. Like, there should be a team like willing to to sign him on a permanent basis. Like, yeah, he's not like world class, but he's still good enough to like do a job for you. You know. Eddie, what if I told you between the Bundesliga, Europa League, and the Champions League? 
He played in 21 matches, had only one goal and one assist. I mean... What level would you put him at? I'd still put him at an average player because, okay, you named three different competitions there, right? Yeah. So and he made 20, 21 appearances through them all. 21 appearances isn't a lot. You know what I mean? And, like, there. when you're not playing regularly and still – you said he's 22? Yeah. Like, this is the point where he needs to find stability, keep finding 90 minutes after 90 minutes. You know what I mean? Definitely. I think he should go to a promoter's side, if anything. But that's just me. Like, like fucking Luton? Yeah, something you know, like that. Just where you know you're gonna get a run every week, you know. Or, or like, um, or like maybe so like, maybe like Leicester, a a team that just went down, but like, hey, like if you could help them come right back up from the championship, like people yeah, would be like, oh, like, like he can ball. Definitely. At least that's what I think he should do. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, David, let's bring up this fat asshole. <laughs> You want to talk about your shady investment groups? Uh, well, first of all, uh, I would love to state that Todd Bowley had very little to do with the Dodgers 2020 championship. Um, but David, I'm uh, I don't like this. Like, how how could you just sell off your debt and everybody be okay? And and it's not just selling off your debt to sell off your debt. It's selling off your debt to avoid FFP. Like. That's what that's what bothers me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's it's super weird, right? And it's it's just weird because of the way it was done. Um, because it the so Saudi Arabia obviously are owners of Newcastle, but they invest um in Chelsea's co-owner, which is Clear Lake Capital, and they're that's how they got the investment. Um, and getting the money to, you know, invest in the squad. And it helps alleviate a little bit of the, um, you know, debt that they had. Um, Eddie, it's definitely a cheat code because then now you have the Saudi Arabian League buying assets from Chelsea that they clearly don't want, paying tons of money for them. And making it really convincing for those players to leave Chelsea when they normally wouldn't. Um, Eddie, how dangerous of a precedent are the Premier League allowing um, this offseason? Super dangerous, in my opinion. Because, okay, think about it. Okay, first is Chelsea, right? Mm -hmm. But then, what if, like, uh, and... I don't mean this in a in a in a disrespectful way. Um, I know a lot of these clubs have huge histories, amazing histories. But l- l- let me just pull a name. What if like a Wigan, who's a lower league side, or a Reading, or a um, or a Sheffield Wednesday, find a way to do this, right? Find a way to sell off their debt or whatever to the Saudis for a stake in their club. Chelsea are a brand worldwide. Like, when I think of Chelsea, I think of, you know, 
Didier Drogba, Frank Lampard, Thierry Henry, uh, you know, guys like that, guys that made them what they are today. And, like, of course, if you follow English football, Reading, Wigan, Sheffield Wednesday have great histories. But what if, like, you sell part of that club to the Saudis and they just end up taking you over? Like, what then? Right. You, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. It's it's going to make it interesting moving forward and down the road and what, what ends up happening, you know, with them. Eddie, I'm not too sure how I feel about this. I mean, considering Manchester United are linked with the Qatari owner, I'm still not too sure how to feel about that. But um, they've definitely set a dangerous precedent um, by selling off assets and debt the way they are. Um, definitely an under-the-table deals. So if the Premier League isn't going to do anything about it, then I think um, the smaller teams should prepare to suffer a little bit because um, there's really no going back now that we've you know seen this in action. I agree. And so with that, Eddie, anything else you want to bring up before we start wrapping up this week's episode? Yes, David. Uh, before I say goodbye... Can you remind me of the player for Napoli, the Korean guy? Um, what's his name? Uh, I know who you're talking about, but let me look up the name before I fuck it up completely and say something that sounds slightly racist, and then I get canceled. Uh, let's Kim Kim Min Jae. Yes, Kim Min Jae. Uh, I heard a vague rumor, David. So huge pinch of salt. But what would you say if your starting center backs are Kim Ming Jae and Lisandro Mart- Martinez? Oh, I'd be looking forward to the next season already. Yeah. Uh, do you think it'll happen? Um, I guess we're in competition with Bayern. So I guess it depends on whether he wants a Premier League or a Bundesliga move. So all power to him. He does have a release clause in the first week of July. So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, I I would hope so. I think it. Ha- I would hope that it happens. For sure. All right, then. Um, we thank you guys so much. It it is the uh, it is the summer break or whatever, and I will bring up uh the Gold Cup occasionally, the Women's World Cup occasionally. But David and I will uh, plan these episodes out to make them as entertaining as we can until football comes back. Yep, because it is officially our off-season, along with the regular off-season. But that doesn't mean the podcast is off. So uh, make sure you share us, tune in, tune on, uh, share our social media posts, share us with a friend, just send your link tree to everybody in your contacts and have them give us a listen. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, we love you. Thank you so much, David. Talk to you.